Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome in. I appreciate your patience today. How are you? I'm good. That chime just sends chills through my bones. There we go. <laughs> so I know you're just getting off a plane. You're traveling, of course, getting set for the draft. Congratulations. You're going to be a part of Fox Sports uh, Digital uh, Platforms on Thursday covering the NFL draft. I'm sure you are excited about that. I know we are. Uh, but I appreciate you taking time today. I want to ask you about this because something Kevin and I talk about all the time is it's, it, you know, you have the draft coming up on Thursday, draft fatigue. It's like I can't wait for it to get here, but I also can't wait for it to get over with. I'm getting married in a year. I feel like I can't wait to hurry up and, you know, can't wait for the wedding, but I also can't wait for it to hurry up and get over with. That's how I feel about the draft coming up. In your long career doing this, how much has draft fatigue kicked in for you at times? All the time. Like, I always say this. <laughs> there should be two drafts, right? There should be a draft in the regular time, and there should be a draft at the end of the season after the last game has been played. And let's just see how different those two drafts would be with no games being played. Like, nothing, nothing but garbage and minutia and leaks from certain players and certain teams about certain things, how much that will change the draft board, when really the only thing that should matter is how do these guys perform on the field and what traits did they show in college that translate to the NFL level. You know, Trey, yesterday we did a topic of, you know, because because of that draft fatigue, when it comes to listeners and even hosts and, and media, there are just narratives out there that drive me up the wall, that I think they're, they're, they're repeated talking points that, yes, I guess kind of make sense, but they also don't make sense. So my three worst NFL draft narratives, Trey, Quarterbacks, they you know Justin Fields, he doesn't play well under pressure. Well, if you watch what Patrick, if you watch Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Superman couldn't play well under pressure either. I think maybe they should cut him. I mean, it's a weird narrative to well, have. Not only that, but Justin Fields played great under pressure. I mean, it's, it's it's the stupidest thing in the world. All you have to do is watch the tape. Like we get caught up in all this other garbage. Watch the tape. The rest of it is just window dressing. The other narrative, of course, quarter. oh, man, the quarterback, he keeps dropping. He keeps dropping. Sometimes, I know maybe from a financial standpoint, it's not always great, but, hey, the further you drop, sometimes it's the better situation you fall into. You know, Patrick Mahomes dropping to number 10. I don't think that he would rather be a Sam Darnold going number two overall, right? I think he pretty much likes where he ended up, and he's been doing pretty good. We always overreact to guys dropping in the draft, and we always forget where they drop to because when they become stars, that's all anyone's talking about. Well, let's just talk about the ultimate drop, right? 2005, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. That's worked out pretty well. Um, he, you know, he could have gone first overall, and uh, who knows what would have happened. He had to sit a few years behind uh, Brett Favre, but clearly that was a, a wonderful scenario. And, and Mahomes is interesting. I don't know if he dropped to 10. I mean, the Chiefs traded up to get him. But uh, you're right. He'd much rather be where he is than remember the Jets or remember the Chicago Bears. There's no question. <laughs> Are we just afraid to say we don't know about these quarterbacks? Because I can remember when there was a debate over Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, and then you had your Cam Newton locker debate. And it all turned out that the guy that they thought was the best in the first place ended up being the best guy. So do we just go just overkill sometimes? Is it just too much information that people outthink themselves? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, the, the draft is the most inexact science there is. And to your original question, yes, it's perfectly fine to say we don't know. Because you know what? 
historically, 50% of the picks won't work out, especially in the first round. It's okay. This is what we think. This is what we believe. There are very few generational quarterbacks that come along when everyone says, this is going to be the guy. Remember the glass of 83. They bought a draft class of 1983. Six quarterbacks won in the first round. The last quarterback taken in the first round might have been the best one, Dan Marino. He was the last one taken. I mean, Todd Blackledge and Champagne Tony Eason were taken ahead of Dan Marino. Ken O'Brien, who had a decent career, was taken ahead of Dan Marino. So we, we don't know. There's, there's very few guys. One of them would have been Peyton. Another one would have been Andrew Luck. Another one would have been Elway. That Everyone said, he's going to be this guy. And I think Trevor, in this year's draft, is as close to those guys as anyone possibly could because we've been talking about him since his freshman year at Clemson. And you just saw his body type first and foremost. And then you saw his ability to play as a freshman with these really skilled upperclassmen, the best of the best. So Trevor is that guy. The rest of it, it's a crapshoot. Let's just... Let's just for fun, right? Let's start at, you mentioned Jake Locker. Jesus, let's forget about that. <laughs> but you know, the, the meat, the Manning-Leaf thing is interesting because you know, a lot of people look at Leaf as the ultimate bust and what a terrible pick the Chargers made. I would argue that neither of those things are true. Okay. There, was a, there was a legitimate 50-50 debate over whether or not Peyton should go number one or Ryan Leaf should go number one. It wasn't a landslide that everyone was going to take Peyton and Ryan Leaf was going to be that much different, by the way. Side note, Ryan Leaf, future guest on Half Forgotten History. You can check that out, my podcast. <laughs> Trey Wingo presents on my YouTube page. Separate issue. <laughs> but the other, the, the other thing is, if you just go back, I mean, he, 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 he it was close. Like, it, 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 when the Chargers picked Ryan Leaf, it was the right decision. And the difference between a bad draft pick and a bust, I think people forget sometimes. A bad draft pick is Jason Light, the general manager of the Bucks trading up into the second round to draft a kicker. Mm-hmm. That's a bad Roberto draft. Aguayo, Florida yeah, State. Or, or, or as I say, Roberto Aguayo, <laughs> to find his kicking career. Like, that's a bad draft pick, right? Then there's just a guy that didn't work out. That's not a bad draft pick. All the metrics said Ryan Lee should have been number two. All the metrics should have said some of these other guys should have gone where they've gone. It just didn't work out. There's a difference between being a bust and using a bad draft pick. Those are different things completely, and I think we, we bunch them together at the same time when they're very different. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of like the narratives that surround the Cincinnati Bengals at times where they get accused of ignoring their offensive line when the reality is they've paid a lot of attention to the offensive line in first, second, third round picks. The problem is none of those have panned out. I remember when they drafted Billy Price a few years ago. Billy Price hasn't worked out. Jonah Williams. You know, Jonah Williams has that injury. But it's not that those are... Anyone that needed a center was going to take Billy Price years ago. Anyone that needs these offensive linemen are going to take them just because they don't work out. doesn't mean it was a bad pick. It just means it didn't work out, to your point. Correct. And so what you try and do is mitigate the bad picks and, and figure out, you know, what, what, the, what the approximate value of the pick is. The other thing that people need to understand is that the draft pick itself is not just about a player. It's like what value can you get for this pick and, and what can you turn it into? That's why if I'm, if I'm the, uh, the Dolphins at six, I have my quarterback, there's probably four or five guys on their board that they're very comfortable with taking it six. So I would hang out my shingle as they've said, hey, we're open to discussions and see if somebody makes a crazy offer that wants to get a certain player or get a quarterback because it's so much easier to draft when you have your guy. And they believe they have their guy in Tua. 
of Trey Wingo hanging out with us here on the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Kirkland and Summers and Orion Sports Medicine. Trey, the Cincinnati Bengals sit at number five, and uh, you know we spend a lot of time talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm labeled the biggest Bengals hater here uh, in our area for whatever reason, but I'm critical of a team that does not seem to value protecting their quarterback. I know that they have gone out and signed Riley Reef in the free agent class, of course, and there's a lot of talks of them potentially passing up on Penny Sewell, the uh, the tackle out of Oregon, and taking Jamar Chase. Where are you at with this? You know, last week the Bengals uh, unveiled their new uniforms, their new jerseys, and they have Joe Burrow sporting these new jerseys. But within that little graphic, if you zoom in, you can see the little zipper scar on his knee from his surgery. I don't understand how the, the front office could look at that to not be reminded. Maybe he doesn't need a wide receiver right now. Maybe we should yeah. protect his ass. Like, I don't understand. Where do you sit with this? Well, look, you mentioned earlier, go back to the Super Bowl. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a bleeping unicorn. Like, I really believe that. I think he's the best that we have going. And quite frankly, I'm not a ring counter in terms of defining greatness. Like, Dan Marino's a Hall of Famer and a great quarterback, regardless of the fact that his team has never won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, Mahomes is going to go down as one of the best to ever do it, period, ad infinitum, you know, e pluribus unum, exclamation point, exclamation point. And he, he almost died in the Super Bowl <laughs> running away from all those guys. Yeah, look, I'm not going to tell Zach Taylor in the front office what to do, but if Penny Sewell was sitting there, Joe Burrow's season ended because you couldn't protect him, and Joe was playing really well. They drafted T. Higgins in the second round last year, who I think is going to be a very good receiver once he gets more time in with Joe. So, to me, absolutely, it's a no-brainer. Protect your asset. The four most important positions in football, guys, is only, look, every position matters. But if we're stacking them, it's quarterback, protect the quarterback, catch from the quarterback, and sack the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Those are the four positions. And you better make sure you have those things locked up before you start doing anything else. So if the Bengals do not select Penny Sewell, are you telling our listeners that I have been correct this entire time, that they are fools if they pass on Penny Sewell and take a Jamar Chase at number five, who, by the way, is very talented. I'm not saying he's not talented. No, he's not. He's, he's amazing. And people thought he was the better receiver than Jefferson in college. And then Jefferson, of course, goes out and does what he did his rookie year uh, in Minnesota. Here's my philosophy. There are metrics for the pick and then the reality of the pick come out later, right? Like, I can't say they made a mistake if they pass on Penny Sewell. Three years from now, I can if Penny Sewell isn't what we thought he'd be. Like, do you remember Travis Frederick, the center for the Cowboys, who retired like a year ago? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, he was a late first-round pick. I think he was 28th or whatever. And people were like, oh, they wasted a pick on a center. Why would they do that? <laughs> they could have gotten him in the third round. Well, he turned out to be awesome. And it was not a waste of a pick because he played his way into proving that. So I have a Zen philosopher approach to the draft. We'll see. You know, it, it, nobody's right or wrong on draft night. Fans may believe that, but they don't know. The only thing we know is let's see how it plays out. And in three years, like, hey, in 2016, the Eagles thought we got our guy. We got Carson Wentz. Well, he's now on a different team. Mm -hmm. As is a guy drafted ahead of him, Jared Goff. Go back another year. Uh, Jameis Winston, not on the team that drafted him when he went number one overall. Marcus Mariota, not on the team that drafted him, second overall. 2017, the first pick of the draft, uh, quarterback-wise, was Mitch Trubisky at two to Chicago. He's now backing up Josh Allen. Uh, Sam Darnold, 2018, not on the team that drafted him. And Josh Rosen, dear God, I think is looking for work, and he's on his third or fourth team right now. So we all have these illusions of grandeur when it comes to the quarterbacks. And we always say every year, oh, he's the next this, he's the next that. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's all speculation and, and hopeful conjecture at this point.
Let's see how it plays out. The position that I grew up loving was the running back, and now the running back has been kind of devalued in the NFL draft. Does Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, do they sneak into the first round? Listen, I I don't know if I'd ever draft a running back in the first round anymore. I just don't see the value in it. And I'm not saying they're not good players. I want to be 100% clear. I just don't see the value in using a first-round pick. I think the top eight rushers in the NFL last year None of them were first-round picks. The highest one was Dalvin Cook, who went in the second round. So the point being, and it's, it sucks, right? It sucks for guys uh, that are really good at what they do, like Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, thankfully for him, he got paid before he got hurt. Right. But the shelf life of a running back is very small, and the idea that you can be a difference maker and justify the pick and the money when that is the most recyclable and replaceable position, honestly, if we're talking about it in football, I just don't know why I would. I, I personally would not use a, a, unless unless you could convince me it's Emmett Smith and Walter Payton combined. <laughs> you know, with a little with a little Barry Sanders on the side. I'm not sure I would ever take a running back with a first round pick. You can just find the position at a better value somewhere else. All right, Trey Wingo, awesome enough to hang out with us here and talk a little NFL draft. Half Forgotten History with Trey Wingo. Uh, I downloaded it earlier this week. Again, you can find it on Apple iTunes. Where else can they find your podcast, Trey? And give everyone a little bit background information on that podcast. Yeah, Stitcher, Spotify, my YouTube page is Trey Wingo Presents. We're doing great. We just crossed two and a half million views on YouTube, so that was fun. The whole premise of the show is to talk to the athletes and hear the stories that I knew when I was working and never quite made it to the air. So we want to tell all these amazing stories. And, and uh, this week we're talking to Chargers GM Tom Telesco. That episode drops on Thursday about what it's like to draft a quarterback and what it's like going into a draft not having to draft a quarterback. It changes your mindset completely. And as I said, next week uh, it'll be Ryan Leaf. Uh, last week it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. We talked about his beard, his career, all this kind of fun <laughs> stuff. So it's, it's really, really a lot of fun, and people have responded to it, and it's been great. All right, Trey Wingo. Trey, thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you. You take care. Have a great week and enjoy the draft on Thursday. You got it, man. Be good. All right, there we go. Trey Wingo, good enough to hang out with us here this afternoon. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, apparently, I'm the only one that has this very aggressive take on the Bengals' need to take uh, Penny Sewell, but I'm sticking to my take. I don't care. They are wrong if they don't take him at number five. I will not budge on that. So there you go. Good stuff again. But give uh, Trey Wingo a follow. Miss him on ESPN in the mornings. Him and Golik and Wingo did a great job. Uh, but I uh, appreciate him taking time and hopping on with the enemy now. Uh, the ESPN uh, affiliates now with him doing some work with Fox coming up on Thursday night on their digital platforms. Really cool, uh, really good stuff from Trey Wingo. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Kirkland and Summers and Orion Sports Medicine. We'll step away for a few moments. When we come back, uh, we'll dissect some of the conversation we just had and talk a little more NFL draft. We'll get into some Bengals-Brown stuff around the corner. Cincinnati Reds somehow, some way, end a seven-game losing streak with a win in L.A. against the best team in baseball. Typical. That's, that's, that's the Reds in a nutshell. Lose games at home, get swept at home against teams you shouldn't, then you just go and you take care of business on the road against the best team in baseball like it's no big deal. All right, more of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Listen, stream, watch. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's 